everybody and welcome to Fantasy Football Wives. I'm Anya. And I'm Sarah. And today we're actually joined by my son, Roger. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Roger. <laughs> oh, he's just squeaked there. <laughs> so he's going to be joining us in discussing what was an incredible win last night. Have you recovered, Sarah? I'm not, I'm not sure I have. I was sending you photos during the game of my ever-increasing heart rate while I was sitting on the sofa. And um, there were there were tears, which my husband found hilarious, took photos, circulated it with all his friends. Um, but I, it was emotional. I was so happy for them. I didn't, I, oh, I, I kind of lost the faith when it was getting on to like the 70th minute. And I was saying, my worry with the England team is the more substitutes we bring on, the weaker the team gets. And I could just see, um, I could see that goal coming. And then in the extra time, I was on the edge of my seat, just sure that Columbia were going to go find a goal. Um, oh, I had faith though, didn't I? I was, I was more frustrated because obviously I'm an hour ahead. So I, I was planning to go to sleep at full time and then we were forced to watch another 30 minutes. And then obviously penalties aren't ever good for the nerves. But I was sure we were going to do it, mainly because my husband had said, oh, with all these Spurs players on the pitch, you know, we'll never win. So I was like, I'm sure they're going to prove him wrong. And they did. Three of the penalty takers. Who did they play for? Spurs. And as I listened to Toby Tarrant on the radio this morning, he summed it up perfectly. Couldn't love Kane anymore right now, but in a few weeks, he'll just go back to being a Tottenham player. (laughs) We'll happily, we'll happily have him back. So, no, it was an amazing game. Although I have to, I actually sent you a message at one point saying, are you still awake? Because it seemed to have lost momentum at one point. Um, And it was more the kind of non-football stuff that was keeping us entertained with Columbia pulling every dirty trick in the book and somehow getting away with it. I was was surprised that all 11 men were still on the pitch by the end of 90 minutes. Yeah, it was incredible. And scuffing the penalty spot. Like, do you see they created a wall around the referees intentionally so he could go and scuff the spot? I mean, what, are they the the Australian cricket team of football or what? I've never seen that before. Does it even work? And also, I was thinking, and what if they had a penalty on that spot in the second half? And they would have screwed it for themselves. But obviously, they would take the chance, clearly. Did you think the ref had it under control? I think he got it under control, but in that moment, I mean, three minutes passed between penalty decision and actually taking the penalty. Um, I Massive respect for um, Captain Kane. I like cool as a cucumber so many players would be rattled by that three minute delay didn't care just walking around with a ball waiting waiting till knock it in he was throughout the match and I would say probably along with Ashley Young he was the they they were the players that were really trying to keep everyone in check and the amount of times he kind of pointed to his head and was like you know calm down you know stay stay cool you know just concentrate just focus uh He's, you know, been a fantastic choice of captain. And I texted you about Ashley Young that I was so impressed at how cool he was keeping everyone. And and as you said, it's probably the nicest thing I've ever said about a Man United player. Yes. (laughs) And then you were like, I'm not talking about his football. (laughs) (laughs) Not talking about his skill. He's just calm. So Sweden next on Saturday. What do you reckon? How, How is England going to fare against them? 
Well, I have a very soft spot for Sweden. I have lots and lots of Swedish friends. Um, and it will, I'll be really upset when we, when we knock them out. But I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I also watched the Sweden-Switzerland match because my other team, I had three teams this World Cup, my other team, obviously Switzerland, was playing. And <laughs> they, I think they were unfortunate to have lost. Um, but, and I, and I, as I was watching it, I was thinking, whoever England, you know, if England gets through, whichever of these teams uh, goes through, Sweden or Switzerland, I think England can beat them. So I'm feeling really positive about Saturday afternoon. And overall, some just great quarterfinals lined up. Uh, yeah. Friday, uh, you know, Brazil and Belgium, uh, that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. I mean, but the thing is that it would be very, very England to come through probably that was you know one of our more difficult games the against Colombia and um and then be knocked out by Sweden it'd be so England but no, I'm trying to that. I'm trying to face? yeah I know I'm trying to get behind it I am obsessed with Robbie Savage's um podcast and I love it I mean he's not even English he's Welsh but he was saying just come on everyone get behind them get excited like beat your horns get on the streets Everyone's been very cautious on, are oh, England going to progress? It's because we've had so much heartache in the past. But he was saying, you know, when Wales were in um, the semi-finals of the Euros, they, they got behind them, they believed. Yes. And I think, um, yeah, I think there needs to be a bit of that as well. I saw some videos of people in pubs after the game last night, and they, they certainly believed. <laughs> the videos coming out, they're just great. I mean, I have to say, I... I thought uh, Pickford was the Achilles heel of the England team, but he proved me wrong yesterday. And do you reckon he could be uh, he could be one of your fancy football uh, players next next season? Uh, potentially. I mean, he. I mean, that would have been a huge confidence build. What happened last night, and um, he was great. There was a great save of that um, goal that wasn't for Colombia at the end. Unfortunately, the corner went in. Um, he was great, but um, I mean, I think we're going to talk a bit later about who I fancy for my goalkeeper next season. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, apart from England winning, you know, shock horror, winning a penalty shootout for the first time ever in the World Cup, uh, there have been some other shockers as well um, this, this tournament, which we will talk about later on. But before we get into good week, bad week, I think everybody wants to know how you're getting on with fantasy football. Well, I think uh, to summarise, I've um, given up. Um, just oh, after the podcast, Sarah. I know, I know. But this, I'll tell you why, and it's a funny story. So, um, and it's lesson number two to go ahead. Um, being lesson number one, don't go with your heart. Lesson number two, going ahead to fancy football next year. After last week's podcast, my brother texted me and said, you do know that you were meant to use your 24 transfers during the group stages and, and switch them in and switch them out every day to get the best number of points. I didn't. So uh, I think um, rule number two is read the rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was playing fancy World Cup like I would play normal fancy football um, and thinking I was only changing my team between stages uh, so more for me, it's a disaster. Haven't even looked to see where I am, but it's uh, not very, not very far. Given up, you've given up. Essentially, I did, I did do transfers before, um, before the knockout rounds, um, and you know, who knows? Could be performing for me. I don't, because I haven't looked. 
<laughs> All right, so let's go on to Good Week, Bad Week. So it's obviously been a great week, one of his most memorable for Gareth Southgate. I know, and I mean, can you be happy? One, can I just make the comment that I really like his choice of manager wear? <laughs> He must be so hot, though. He must be hot, but he's just chosen to be this English gentleman. Um, you know, no, no designer labels, not scruffy. He looks great every week. Um, and he's chosen that for his manager brand, and I'm, I'm all behind it. You're digging it. You're digging I it. I am. I am. It might, like, great week for him. I, I, I really believe now, now we've got over that game last night, whatever happens going forward, Gareth Southgate in England are going to come home as heroes. If we'd gone out last night, maybe not, because there are questions over whether he should have played a strong team against Belgium, kept the momentum, but it's worked out. Um, we obviously won last night. They're going to come home as heroes, um, which is fabulous. And I'm just waiting for, I a year ago, many friends will back this up. I've been talking about the documentary that's going to get filmed that goes from the moment when Gareth Southgate misses the penalty to him leading England team to win the World Cup. Remember, he was the deputy. He, he wasn't even, he was the caretaker manager. And they just couldn't find anyone else. Um, so I'm so happy for him. And I, I can't wait for my documentary uh, to, to be made by someone else, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's got such a calm and humble and kind of sensible way of being. Um, and I think you can see it's translated to the way that the, the team is playing and the team the team are with each other. Even last night when Ali came off, he had to like shake everybody's hand before he came off the pitch. There's a, there's yeah. a real sense of camaraderie and not taking themselves too seriously. And that repeatedly they've been talking about just enjoying the game, enjoying, you know, having fun and, and playing football with a smile on their face. And the previous managers have all had such loud characters and so many stories surrounding them apart from Southgate missing that crucial penalty in 96 there have been no other stories well he's dislocated his shoulder but there have been no other stories and you know he's just going getting on with the job and obviously because we're now we're now through to the next round so I'll I'll definitely watch the documentary when it comes out (laughs) hopefully hopefully I'll have something to do with it um I wonder if, I don't know if you've noticed today, a lot of people have been saying, a lot of the players, like here in Trippier, that they've been practising penalties. Penalties, penalties, penalties. penalties, Practising at the end of training when they're tired, over and over and over and over and over again. And I wonder, do you think that comes a bit from, you know, he stood there and, and missed a penalty. And so obviously, you know, last night was a huge moment for him and they've worked hard to make sure that it didn't happen. Yeah, everyone except for Henderson. Yeah, well, that was... Well said, Roger. Good. Thanks, Roger. (laughs) So speaking of Liverpool players, uh, my next good week is for... um, It's it's regarding Mo Salah because he's just signed another five-year deal with Liverpool. So not, not only is that great for the Liverpool fans, it's also probably great for us fantasy football players. Well, it depends how much he is. He was such a 
crucial um, player last year. With it, I mean, obviously for Liverpool, but also within fantasy football, he got golden boots. I think he's going to be one that you have to have in your team from the get-go. Will he be a one-season wonder, though? I don't think so. I think him and Kane, I would say you start your team with him and Kane in and build around them. You've got to. I remember one of my friends, a Liverpool fan, uh, Mo Salah was his... Uh, his top pick before um, the fantasy season started last year and I ignored it completely as I often do and uh, worked out for him so yeah so he's 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 signed to be at Liverpool until 2023 um, another fantasy football player that we've already discussed you having in their team uh, Sarah is Casper Schmeichel why is that? Well, one, I think I might have developed a small crush on Casper Schmeichel um, but uh, good week I know, and we're just going to ignore that. But he, uh, remember Casper Schmeichel played for City for a while. Um, so anyway, I've got a soft spot for him. But he, um, I mean, good week. He's our third good week. Casper Schmeichel, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal in his game. Um, what did he save three penalties? Um, yeah. And oh, his dad was so proud. And um, my heart just went out for him at the end. I was, I was so upset for him. His dad put out a tweet the next day about how proud he was of his son. He could empathise more than his goalkeeper father who stood in the same position. It was, I don't know if you saw flying around the internet last week, though. There was a, a funny picture with his face looking unimpressed at a press conference. And it was like that moment when they ask for the hundredth time about your father. But I'm hoping this might be a turning point that we start actually facing on Kasper Schmeichel, potentially becoming one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So Kasper Schmeichel is going to be on your team. Any other Leicester players you're thinking about bringing on? Maybe Harry Maguire? Mm, at this point, no. Um, and definitely not Vardy. I spent a lot of money on Vardy last year and I just don't rate him at all. I was really nervous, actually, when he came on last night. I don't think he should have come on for Sterling. I would have put Marcus Rashford on ahead of Vardy. And that's saying something because he's a United player. But yeah, no, not for me. I think Kasper Schmeichel in goal and, and that's it. All right. So turning to bad week. So... It's been so eventful and it kind of just shows how quickly the World Cup is going by because since we spoke last, Germany went out in the group stages. It's the first time since 1938 that Germany didn't go through to the final 16. It's an absolute shocker. They're the World Cup holders. It's mad, isn't it? And uh, you know what? Was it a surprise, though? Because the game before, they weren't convincing. There was an amazing free kick from Cruz that uh, changed the, the course for them, but... They weren't amazing. Um, no, I mean, they lost their first match to Mexico. Then it was a struggle with Sweden. And then Neuer decided to play left wing, leaving <laughs> the, world, the goal wide open. I was just mad, absolutely mad. You know who I don't think performed in that game, although I don't think he performs in any game, is um, Ozil. Yeah, he's just he just looks fed up and annoyed. He always looks so sad. And just waiting for the ball to come to him. Yeah, I don't, I don't rate oh. him. He won't be making an appearance in my team. Did you see that EasyJet advert uh, referring Germany? No. So there was an advert that came out the next day or maybe two days later by EasyJet said, the only way to see Germany again this summer 
And then it was flight 29.99 to Berlin. It's funny, some quick marketing turnaround there. It's good, I liked it. I wonder if they had that lined up with loads of different countries um, waiting for someone because they could have done the same thing in the only way to see Portugal this summer. And it was just insert team name here. They probably did. But it was funnier because it was Germany. <laughs> so, uh, Auf Wiedersehen, Germany. Also, Adios, Spain and Argentina. And see you later, your favourite player, Ronaldo. Or is it? Because... Bad week for Ronaldo. Well, no, bad week for you, Sarah. Wow. Because potentially, he's coming back to the Premier League. Oh, God. Apparently, Magnu. Well, there's a rumour going around and it's been pretty repetitive that Manu are looking to re-sign Ronaldo. But Real rely on him so much. I think is more of a chance that Gareth Bale will be coming back to the Premier League. And if Real let go of Ronaldo and Gareth Bale, they've got a big gap in their team. So it's probably one or the other. Well, Gareth Bale doesn't even start in the Champions League final the one which he then went on to score two goals and basically... Well, he's barely won. started. For, yeah, so exactly. I think it's likely that he comes back to the UK, to the Premier League. I would be so surprised if they sold um, Ronaldo, especially given it's a new manager. I mean, that's quite a um, punchy start. I'll get rid of our best player. Oh, I can't believe I just said best player. <laughs> well, it's a rumour that's been repeated over and over again. So... Uh... I, I I would find it funny for you because, mm. you know, you like him so much. You'd have to watch him on Match of the Day every single week. Did you see how he shouted at the referee and how much he was in the face of the referee? I, he should have got a red card. So last bad week is the fantasy football darling, Son, who plays for Spurs, because South Korea went out. Although they went out with a bang, they sent the Germans pack as well. But it means that some will have to do a two-year military service unless South Korea win the Asian Games. So basically, all South Korean men have to do two-year military service where they have to cut their hair and live off £100 a week. Um, And the only time that they are exempt from doing it is if they win some major sporting uh, tournament. And so the only chance left is for South Korea to win the Asian Games. And they're taking uh, place in August, September. And so now there's a discussion of whether Tottenham will release him so that he can go and play the Asian Games and hopefully win it so that he's then exempt from doing military service for two years. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And how does it work in Switzerland? Because Switzerland also have mandatory military service. So you can be exempt, but you pay a huge fine. And actually, Roger Federer, uh, sorry, you're, you're not exempt. So you, so you can get out of doing it, but you, you're fined based on your salary. And Roger Federer is, is renowned to be uh, one, of their, one of the biggest contributors to the Swiss military for the last 15 years. He's now 36, so he's no longer um, of the age where he has to do it. But I think for 15 years, from the ages of 18 to 33, he had to contribute part of his salary to the Swiss military. Wow. And so Son doesn't have that option. So what do you think will happen? Do you think uh, he'll go ahead to play the Asian Games? I think South Korea, although having seen Japan, uh, they, they're also contenders to win the Asian Games. That he, even if, apparently, even if they get into the final 
that they may be exempt. It was just that South Korea went out in group stages. So if they'd got to the semi-final, for example, he could have also got away with it. Japan, I was so sad to see them go. I was devastated when they when they lost. I couldn't. But they were of all the teams. You know, they looked so sad. Um, but they pulled themselves together, got up, walked around, thanked the fans, um, and by all accounts, cleaned the dressing room and left a thank you note. In Russian. In Russian. That's mad. Yes. What a what a nation. Yeah, very respectful. Very respectful, unlike the Colombians. Anyway, (laughs) I think that's enough for good week, bad week this week. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Wives podcast, episode three. We've just done good week, bad week. And now we've got another few things to discuss that have come up in the football world this week, some that you may or may not know about, Anya. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention was, have you seen this work by um, this fangirl? No, I haven't. It's probably not got over to in Switzerland, but this fangirl is a group of female football fans who are on a mission to change the perception of female football fans. If you Google female football fans, you get a whole stream of images which are, you know, Brazilian women, fully made up, um, trophy supporters. And they're trying to change the image of that and, and show how many women are huge football fans that are as equal as men in supporting football. Loads of coverage about them this week. They're worth looking up and having a look at what they're doing. I think they're onto a great thing. And obviously, we're both female football fans. And I don't know how it is for you. Obviously, you're a season ticket holder at Spurs. But still now, people are surprised that I am such a big football fan that I am. And it generally comes from the fact that it's because I'm a woman. Um, and when I tell people that we have a podcast, you know, there's raised eyebrows. Yeah, so I'm in a fancy football whatsapp group uh with eight guys and me and it gives me great satisfaction to beat them every single year but it it shouldn't it should be irrelevant that i'm a girl and yeah it's it's brought up all the time of like what you're you're you win like you're a girl and you win um i don't see i don't feel it so much it's when i go to matches it's really outside of the stadium that i feel it and especially when i get chatting to people they are always surprised with you know, the fact that I have some knowledge of what's going on in the Premier League. And I guess because I, I like fantasy football and I, I remember quite a lot of data and information, you know, I can probably talk quite a long time about it. But it's always patronising the way that they're like, wow, you know a lot about football. It can be patronising. It doesn't bother me when I go to the Etihad. Obviously, it is a very male atmosphere and personally... It doesn't bother me, but I could see, you know, just showing a different face of the game and understanding that female football fans can like football as much as males is absolutely fine. I mean, there's been an atrocious debate um, around the World Cup where people have been um, criticising the female pundits Mm -hmm. and even some horrible trolls on Twitter saying things like women should commentate on women's football and men should commentate on male football I think mm. it's just disgusting but I just hope that those um those opinions so are it's so dated I do just hope that those opinions are the you know few and far between and actually the majority of people see that there's there's no difference just because I don't play it doesn't mean I can't like it I don't mm. play many sports I don't play tennis but I like that 
I think the issue is that they still female pundits, even though they are successful football players in their own right or ex-football players in their own right, they, because they haven't been on screen as often or in newspapers as often, they seem to lack credibility. And and so, you know, it's that that's what needs to change is that we need to be covering female foot, women's football as much as men's football. That I think we're still quite a way off. But anyway, check out this fangirl um, and what they're doing. Follow them on Twitter and hopefully they make some steps forward in changing the um, image of female football fans. Yeah, definitely. Hope so too. So, Annie, as you know, I'm reading Soconomics at the moment, which I'm a little bit obsessed with. Uh, And an interesting topic that they cover is the value and how much clubs play for stars that have overachieved in the World Cup. And, you know, their point of view is you shouldn't buy a player based on World Cup or Euros um, or any competition performance, yeah, and that you should look at performance over a longer time. And I think, you know, last World Cup, James Rodriguez was the golden boot winner. He obviously was bought by Real Madrid for, I think, 63 million or something ridiculous and then has hardly performed for them. Um, For a club like Real, it's probably a little bit of a PR exercise of we can buy who we want and we can get the best players and they don't really care on their bench whether he's successful or not. Um, But I wonder if uh, are there any players in the World Cup that post their performance could go for a huge fee? Kasper Schmeichel, for me, could be one of them. Yeah, I was thinking more Mbappe. (laughs) I mean, he's probably been the player that's had the performance of the tournament so far. And I did say last week that Man City were apparently in discussions to to get him over to the Premier League. Um, Well, we did try a year or so ago when he left Monaco and went in the end to PSG. Um, City tried to buy him then and, and... failed um so obviously i mean psg let's not forget bought neymar for 198 million i mean i wonder what kind of price they would put on mbappe given he is what everyone's talking about well if man city were looking to already buy him prior to a world cup this this is only this only works in favor of psg his performance sorry only works in favor of PSG because they can just continue to up the price and then you're right does he go to City and then suddenly he's no longer the player that we all watched in Russia there even a place for him at City so I think Mbappe he's 19 years old right so I think he has still got so much time to grow and develop and he would be a great addition to whichever club he went to even City they would make room for him he's just trick um but I I, at the same time, I completely understand that, you know, the World Cup and you're playing with your home team and you've been together for several weeks practicing day in, day out. And then suddenly you're transported to a new team and you might not gel as much and you might not have that same adrenaline. Um, So it's, it's a really interesting fact. Needless to say, we'll both be keeping a keen eye on the transfer market, but it'll be interesting to see if any of these stars... Um, move this season and and where they go and what they go for. If you've got any ideas of um, players that you think might um, have scoped out transfer through their performance in the World Cup, please tweet us and let us know. 
So, Anya, I think that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I know you've got little Roger and need to um, get him down for a sleep. But not before a fun fact, Sarah. Oh, a fun fact? Yes. Great. So, my favourite part. <laughs> so, last saw 23.6 million viewers watch England win over Colombia on ITV. So last night, over 23.6 million viewers watched England win over Colombia. The most watched World Cup game was in 1990 when England played West Germany in the semi-final. How many people watched that game, Sarah? <sighs> Um, now, everyone has told me from my first fun fact guest that I should do a bit of thinking of um, how many TVs are there in England, <laughs> how many people are there, and uh, but I'm not going to do any of that, and I'm just going to say 18 million. One eight? Yeah, one eight. No, clue, it's higher than the amount of people that watched the game last night. Higher? Yeah. 40, no, 30 million. 25.2 million. 2 million. Oh, I'm close. Very that close. was 5 million between friends. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. So I think we may beat that next, on Saturday, when uh, England play Sweden in the quarterfinals. I think there'll be more than 25.2 million watching it. Uh, partly because it's a Saturday, but partly also because it's a massive game. Saturday, three o'clock, it's sunny in England. Does life get any better? It will if on Sunday we're through to the semi-finals. Yeah, and then I'll say the same thing again. Anyway, okay. I think that's enough of us chatting today. Um, thanks again, everyone who's been following our podcast and sharing it with their friends. Uh, we're getting very excited for next season and we're already starting to line up some guests. Um, we'll probably have Anya's dad on Um and potentially rest of their family, but also <laughs> some uh, more, more let's say, not more interesting, but more famous guests. We love that everyone's tweeting and get writing comments on our Instagram. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. Thanks, everybody. And looking forward to speaking to you next week, Sarah. Enjoy your two-day non-football break. Thank God there's Love Island. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.